Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hey, 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 it's Fantastic Tuesday. And I want to give a big shout out to my international listeners in China, India, Australia, Ireland, Canada, Korea, Mexico, Greece, the Ukraine, Germany, Spain, Nigeria, the Netherlands, France, and I want to welcome the new listeners in Fiji. I appreciate your tuning in to the Transformation for Success show where we give success stories and strategies that are shared from business entrepreneurs, corporate leaders, life and health coaches, those in entertainment, technology, and sports. This is the place to be on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Standard Time. And listen up, uh, beginning October 6th, we will be replayed and syndicated on the Business Channel on Saturdays at 12 noon. So I want to welcome you to stay tuned, call in our live shows, or you can email me your questions and our comments about the show to info at transformationforsuccess.com. So today, I am so excited. We have in the studio my guest, Todd Krieger, with two very productive topics, how to find your soulmate and how to keep your marriage hot and healthy. Todd's going to share his transformational journey to become a relationship expert, author, coach, and therapist. He has transformed millions of couples to create more loving and passionate long-term relationships. He's going to share the how-tos for single individuals as well to find their soulmates. You know what? I want to encourage you, if you're not driving, get your pads and pens ready because we're going to spend some time listening. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be taking notes from the talented and gifted Todd Krieger. So hi, Todd. (laughs) Hi, Bob. I love that introduction. That's well, great. Thank you. I am. I'm just delighted to have you on the show. And you know, because I I know what you look like. I know you personally because we've had contacts through e women of all places. Yes. <laughs> you. Yeah. I am yep. really excited to have you find you on the show, Todd. You are of just a fantastic human being, and you've had an incredible journey. And I know the listening audience out there wants to hear all about it. So I'm going to get right in and ask uh, you some questions. Um, one of the things I do know from reading your story that you you were an anxious little boy and mm-hmm. you had a lot of pressure because you wanted to be that perfect little boy. So what was sure. going on with you at that time? Well, you know, I, I came from a family, a wonderful family, but, you know, all, all families have their thing. And yes. my, uh, my, my father and mom, they would fight and my dad was... Always getting defensive. My dad, my mom was frustrated with him a lot. And I was sort of like her savior. Uh, My sister too, but to a lesser degree. I was the one that was going to make her feel good. And this was never talked about. This was not like a conscious thing even on her part or definitely not on my part. Uh But I became to make her proud. And so I did well in school. I did well in sports. Uh I had... uh, good friends and uh, everything was just doing great uh and yet i didn't know how much pressure i had put myself under mm-hmm. i can bet i bet mm-hmm. just didn't know i was in college at 16 i was a freshman working had my friends were 18 to 22 and i didn't realize how much pressure there was and then sure enough 
in uh, the first, uh, towards the end of the first semester of my sophomore year, little, I ran into a door that was closed. It was a dark hallway. <laughs> it was in my fraternity, broke my nose, um, went to the ER. They took my blood pressure. It was really high, really high. The mm. nurse, the nurse wasn't really intelligent in terms of emotions. She went, oh my God, freaked me out. And <laughs> I, it just, all that pressure came out and I suddenly wasn't this perfect person. I had this physical problem, so I thought, uh, mm -hmm. and I just became a bundle. All that anxiety that was kind of in, you know, some people could look calm on the outside, but they're stressed on the inside. Oh, yeah. Now oh, I was yeah. stressed on the inside and the outside. Oh, and my God. It was apparent, and I wasn't sleeping well. I, I pulled through that year and the next year, but it wasn't until my senior year in college where things started to fall into place. I got some good therapy. And I remember like learning for the first time in my life that I was living out this role that wasn't me. I'm not a perfect person. I'm not here to prop up my mother or anybody else. Mm -hmm. And it was a turning point. And uh, it, it was amazing. Yeah, I, I just want to, you know, I'm curious about this. What's there? Uh, I know with the nose being broken and the high blood pressure, but was there something else that, yeah. you know, that was that moment? I call it that aha moment that I need help. I, I got to get out of this box. Was there something else that happened that just sort of like it's? I, I gotta get. I gotta get help. I, I gotta see somebody. Oh, uh, it was. It was when I when I was told that I just started to have all kinds of anxieties. I wasn't sleeping well. Uh -huh. I um, surely didn't want my parents to know I had a problem. So I would go to my at the time. Uh, actually, I had just met this woman who I ended up. She was not even the right person for me, but she was a warm body to go to. So I would talk to her about the problems. Uh -huh. Ultimately, I couldn't hide it. And I even told my parents, I'm having trouble <laughs> sleeping. But uh -huh. that was the point when I just seemed to have my act together one second. And then the next second, when I was told I had this problem, the broken nose didn't even bother me anymore. Uh -huh. It was suddenly like, wow, you have an issue. Uh, that blood pressure thing, probably fear of death. All those fears that I had suppressed and hid behind this perfectionistic kind of persona came crashing through, which was the best thing that could have happened because I suddenly had to recognize I'm human and I had to get out there and get assistance and not be so strong and so uh -huh. independent uh -huh. and so, you know, just an achiever. You know, I've continued to achieve in life, but I'm much more than that. I'm a person, right. Right. you know, who's much more complex than that. And mm -hmm. as time went on, I, uh, I definitely relaxed and didn't even have a problem. I'm, now I'm 60. My blood pressure is way better than it was when I was 18. <laughs> well, you don't, medication. Well, but you don't have all of that, those uh, anxieties anymore. You know, uh, one of the things, uh, Todd, that I, I know so many people out there listening that you can't tell uh, about looking at a person on the outward appearance of what they're going on in the inside, what's happening with them on the inside. And you know, today we have so many people who are sharing some of their anxieties, sharing their fears and who are crying out for help. And, I, and I, I'm thankful for that because in your 60s, you were coming in an era where it was not that easy to just say, I need help and go see a therapist. Uh, right. In some communities, 
that would be the wrong thing. I mean, people would say you're crazy or label you if you were going to see a therapist. So I want to admire you for that because so many people are carrying so much pain. So, um, but, and the question that I ask is, do you think that therapy is the answer for everyone? Well, I would never say that therapy Uh is the answer for everyone, but I Uh could say that good therapy to me is really, in a nutshell, it's a way to help you process pain Uh and to reach your potential. And I do think that most everybody could use somebody. Now, Uh I know in my therapy, I mean, the part of me that's a therapist, the part of me that is sort of like a detective and looks at people's unconscious and see what's going on. Uh-huh. But there's a coach part of me too that helps challenges people to be their best, to take risks, to be courageous. And I think uh-huh. it's difficult for people without a therapist or a coach or someone like that uh-huh. to help them navigate. Otherwise, they're stuck in their comfort zone and they they are they just become sort of like a reactionary piece to whatever happened in their past as opposed to becoming creative beings. Right. It's really interesting because uh, I recently shared in a speech about my pain led to my preparation, which led to my purpose. So we, we, but it's going through it uh, because a lot of times people are still holding the pain and they never get to the preparation point or they never get past that I really am being prepared because you couldn't be able to share today had you not gone through some of these experiences. And I call them tests for life. They're, they're just tests. And you either fail them or you go through. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. You are so right. <laughs> so, I mean... I mean, it was it was transformational. I know this is transformation yeah. for Success Radio Show. It was transformational. I I don't like. I didn't like it. I didn't like feeling all that anxiety. But no. what it led to was an inner search, a, a discovery, and discovering more closer to who my what my true self was. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I admire you for you know being able to say that because a lot of men. And I don't want to make a blatant statement, so don't write any nasty letters to me. But I do know it is difficult for some men to go through the process and uh, not, you know, just carry this warrior appearance for the rest of their lives and get old and then have regrets. But one of the things that uh, you did say, you got married, and this was the beginning of another transformational process. Oh, boy. (laughs) What occurred that you learned? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, you know, so so here I was. Uh, I was definitely on an upward trend when I married my wife because now I was already 26, and uh, I was definitely in much better shape than I was when I was 18, 19. But uh, I was not prepared. I mean, uh, here's what I always say about couples. You know, if you're going to be a pianist, you take piano lessons. If you're going to be a skier, you take ski lessons. If you're going to be married... You have your parents. Uh-oh, we're in trouble. Uh-oh. <laughs> because, you know, our parents are our role models, and it's not their fault. I think mm-hmm. we're in a stage of evolution in terms of who we are as people and individuals, as well as as, as a partner and a couple. And I don't think I was equipped. When my wife was mad at me for things that, like she was saying, I didn't listen to her. I actually, in the beginning, even though I was a therapist, I didn't know what she was talking about. I thought I was just great. Because... <laughs> Even though I had worked through some stuff, you know, look, my marriage, my wife, I'm excuse, excuse me, my mom and dad, when my mom was angry at my dad, she didn't handle it real well. I mean, she was wonderful to everybody, but not so much to him. So when my wife was upset with me, 
I could tell you, I fought my dad's battles. I was ready to fight my battles. And I had my dukes up every time she had a complaint. So was I a good listener? Absolutely not. You know, was I defensive? Absolutely. Yes. So I started to recognize how reactive I was still. And that was another transformation in working things out with her and going to marriage therapy. You know, if a person wants a therapist, they better find out that that therapist has been to therapy or else run the other way. (laughs) Okay. You know what, Todd? We're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to go back into that interesting time and how you manage to navigate to have a successful marriage and not only that, but to be able to help other married couples as well. So listeners, stay tuned. We got a lot more to talk about hot topics, how to get your marriage hot and healthy and Listeners out there who are single, how to find your soulmate. So I guarantee you, it's going to be an interesting show. So tune back in. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Have you left the cage that held you back but find yourself in the wild of your life wondering, what do I do now? I'm Dr. Lisa Cooney and today I'm going to give you the tools to answer that question. Regardless of the issue, your choices of the past no longer need to haunt you. You have the power to change that and to create from a space of fun and ease. How different can your life be? Find out. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back with my guest, Todd Krieger, today, who's an author, speaker, coach, relationship expert, and therapist. And we're talking about how to find your soulmate and how to keep your marriage hot and healthy. So, Todd, before we went on break, we talked about how interesting an uh, interesting partner you had become. You weren't a good listener. You were very defensive mm-hmm. in this marriage. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. happened <laughs> to turn you around? Was it a therapist again? Well, I think there was a couple of things. I mean, being a therapist, I guess there was a little bit of an advantage because the truth is I knew that I knew about this stuff. But Uh when you're helping other couples and Uh I was being very successful, even in my early parts of my marriage, Uh I I was recognizing the 
Mm-hmm. Helping them, but I wasn't doing it. You, know, you, you can do it all you want in your therapy office, but when you go home and your wife says, I'm really mad at you, uh, your whole fight or flight can take over. So I started to practice uh, develop, you know, developing my cultural muscle. A lot of times I talk like that, like I'm a trainer. In a gym, you have uh, the trainer that helps you develop physical muscle. I had to develop emotional muscle so that when she said, I'm really mad at you or I'm hurt, i I didn't get defensive. They took a breath and stayed focused on her and connected with her. And yes, we did do some marriage therapy too because mm-hmm. it really can help like having a trainer. You know, when I go to the gym now, I have a whole great routine. I had 15 months working with a trainer. I do, the, I do, I do better. I get more out of it. And mm-hmm. it's the same thing that happened with me. So yes, uh, definitely, definitely. You get humble. I started to realize about the things that I wasn't doing correctly, and she did too, and I realized that I had to get clearer at being more selfish, because... What does selfish mean? Giving. What, what does I have, mean? I have a different definition about... Uh, I think that I, dis, I discriminate between selfish and self-absorbed. Self-absorbed okay. is it's all about me and not about you. But I, uh, in the beginning of our marriage, we're still trying to be perfect. Uh, like I said, these issues... They get resolved to a certain degree, but then mm-hmm. something else comes up, and then you have the same issues, but you got to deal with it at a deeper level. So I found myself trying to uh, make sure that I was perfect for her. That never would happen. And mm-hmm. so I had to learn how to, what I call, be more selfish in the sense of think about her and think about me. Some people need to think about, they have to really focus on thinking about the other person more. In my marriage, I had to really learn how to say, you know what I would like? Or, you know what? I disagree with you. Or, you know what? I, I, I want to do that for you, but I can't do that right now. I got to take care of me. Or, you know, this is the day I need to see my friend. I will, see, I will spend a lot more time with you tomorrow. So it's all about the word and. It's not mm-hmm. now. My needs, my needs and your needs. Now, one of the things that, that you're saying, too, uh, thinking about both her and me. So if you're negotiating and saying, I need a little time, I need to do this, were you saying the same and allowing her to exercise her right to go away with the girls or to go on her you know, hiatus uh, and be okay with that? Absolutely. Now, that was something I was good at. See, some, mm-hmm. some people are not good at that, and they got to learn to be a little more generous. What mm-hmm. I had to do is deal with the fact that, look, when two people get together, and they get developed this committed, intimate union. When mm-hmm. we're two different people, we are not going to please our partner all the time. You know, I'm not your clone. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times when uh, I need to do something that may not be what she wants me to do, but I have a need. And every context is different. There'll be times mm-hmm. when I give up what I need because, wow, your needs are more pressing or, wow, I haven't talked to you in, you know, in a couple of days. I've been busy. You come mm-hmm. first. Everything else comes later. And there are other times when she's going to be frustrated by me. It's just inevitable. It's not my mm-hmm. intent to frustrate her, but it's a byproduct of life that sometimes right. I'm going to need right. to do something. That So that's where I needed to get better at. And the more I developed what I would call that and relationship, where your needs and my needs work out, that I have an I and you have an I and we we can work out a we together uh, and we could compromise, but not at the expense 
of my integrity, that's when I really fell back in love with my wife. I mean, that, I always say this, the biggest aphrodisiac in a long-term relationship Uh is when I could be myself and I could express what I feel, what I want, what I think. I might not get everything I want immediately, but I have the right to take up space in this relationship as do you. And in some relationships, one person's taking up way too much space. Uh-huh. The other person's uh-huh. way too much adaptive. And in the beginning, I was way too adaptive, but then I would get resentful and take it out on her. Also, I was no angel. I would yell. I have a childlike temper tantrum. But as I became, mm-hmm. when I, when, as I found my voice and allowed her to have her voice, it's like I really liked her more. <laughs> so that's what happens. That's, a lot of times when, when it, Yeah. 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 You know, there are trade-offs, too, but I, I like it when you said uh, that I can be myself, that, that whole thing of self-expression without uh, fear of some reprisals, uh, exactly. and, and it goes both ways. Um, I like also what you just said about adaptive personalities. I married a man, and I'll just share this, you know, who was very adaptive. I had to sort of push him in another direction to be more about focused on what do you want? Right. Not always what, what uh, he was always accommodating to me. And I, yeah. I had to really force him into saying, but honey, what do you want? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I don't, we don't need to go to this restaurant because I like this kind of food. What do yes. you like? And we learned to be accommodating and, and I had to help him become more uh, adaptive and to express himself. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing sure. that. I think that's sure. an important part of the marriage relationships too it's interesting particularly in long-term relationships but tell me yes. is it really possible to have a long hot marriage <laughs> which is and you know you know you know that's the name of my book the long hot know. marriage <laughs> <laughs> so you know when i wrote it my brother heard the name and he goes oh you write fairy tales <laughs> no 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 not a fairy tale no it absolutely absolutely is possible we have to evolve we can't be copycatters of our copycats of our parents and, and ancestors. We need to do what you and I are talking about. We have to be able to grow and, and become more of ourselves, both people. So it means we like look, when we get together, you know everything is is anxiety provoking because it's new, but it's exciting and uh-huh. it's an adventure. And as a, <clears throat> as soon as a relationship stops being an adventure, it stops being a long hot marriage so we need to create an adventure and one of the simplest ways to have an adventure besides like i'm not saying you have to bungee jump together but one of the simplest ways to have an adventure uh-huh. is to ask myself what do i feel what do i want let me share with my partner what i want let me try uh-huh. something different and at the same time ask my partner so tell me something about you i don't know about like or tell me what you want you know we're always changing right That's skin. right we're always changing. Changes, yes. Always changing. Just like our mm-hmm. skin changes, our heart, our soul, our feelings, our wants. Well, our soul doesn't change. But our feelings, our preferences, we, we're, we're very dynamic. And so the problem with, the, with, the, with people in marriages is they began very curious about each other and themselves. They, wow, look how I am with this person. And, and they ask questions about the other person. And then it all stops. And we need to maintain being curious and continue uh-huh. to grow and take chances. And I guess the, the word is we have to continue to be vulnerable with each other. That's, 
uh, definitely different aspects of having a long, hot marriage. But if I put it into one word, is vulnerability, being vulnerable, open up, share, mm-hmm. express, take a chance. You know, because you are different. Um, you do go through passages when the children leave the empty nest. I mean, the empty nest syndrome, they call it, when the, when the children leave. You have to reinvent and rediscover who you are because you're going through parenting and there are a lot of issues. And I find maybe a lot of couples have told me, you know, when the ch- children come, they become so involved being the soccer mom, the sports, that the, that they really are involved with children and then less more involved with themselves as a couple. Absolutely. So even I have a lot of parents that come that have young children and and it is challenging because there's a, a bunch of uh, lovely creatures that need a lot of you. But I actually prescribe 10 minutes of quality time a day minimum because mm-hmm. I understand that some days we might have just 10 minutes. But if a couple gets into the habit of spending 10 minutes a day where they just look at they slow down together, they look at each other. They uh-huh. they talk, they, they touch. And I don't mean right away, let's have sex. It's just touch. It's just uh-huh. slowing uh-huh. down. Uh-huh. That relationship can maintain its hotness even through when you have, you know, kids around, running around, and all kinds uh-huh. of other changes. And we That's all it. find 10 minutes. We can all find it. We just don't think about it. Todd, how can we, uh, and I mean, I'm saying this as a rhetorical question, um, have or create, increase the number of thriving long-term relationships? That's a great question. You know, I think what we have to do more than anything is, I guess I'll keep the same theme. It's to look at our life as, Mm -hmm. you know, we can look at our lives in one of two ways. It's a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. The fixed mindset is, this is who I am, this is who you are, and we're comfortable with each other. That is not going to create a thriving, long-term, stimulating, sexy marriage. But if I have a growth mindset, which means that my life isn't about being comfortable. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm comfortable. I don't go in the jacuzzi for, you know, enjoy. But Mm -hmm. I'm saying overall, my life is about growing. It's becoming more than I was before. It's Mm -hmm. becoming, it's taking chances. It's exploring Mm -hmm. My own dimension. It might mean a simple thing as in the bedroom. Let's try something different. No, uh-huh. even just that might raise a little anxiety. That's not a bad thing. So when uh-huh. we have a growth mindset, uh, we we know that it's my job to continue to keep things to fresh to grow. And and yes, and the other thing is dealing with our pain. That we have to learn how to communicate in ways where I can stay connected with you. I don't go into fight or flight. If I could stay connected, when my wife says I'm mad at you and I don't go with my defensive reaction, which is still there, it doesn't just go away because I have a brain set up for survival. But if I don't go with it and I stay looking at her, take a few breaths, soften my belly and look at her and say, all right, you're angry at me. Tell me about that, honey. We could do that. My Mm -hmm. dad didn't do that. Most people's dads didn't do that. No. People's moms didn't do that. But we could do that. We, don't, we could do better than our ancestors if we do those kinds of things and we leave our comfort zone consistently and we express ourselves absolutely uh-huh. as possible uh-huh. of a thriving marriage. And to even, I'll say this as a whole new topic, to even talk about things that are hard to talk about that people tend to keep 
secret. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole thing I talk about on the old monogamy versus new monogamy. And I think the new monogamy is a whole set of rules that we have to have because something's got to change because marriage is not working under old monogamy rules. There's too much divorce and too much infidelity. Maybe it's not our fault. Maybe it's the way we've set up marriage to begin with. Well, that, you know, sort of gets, you know, one of the things you just covered, a couple of questions I had, because one of the things about uh, the how to look at the how do we make thriving long-term relationships and how to increase that number was my next question was what part does communication play in all of this? And you just answered that. We need oh, to talk great. to each other. We need to talk yes. about hard truths. We need to talk about yes. hard things that yes. it's tough. Um, yes. And I, I kind of like what I do in terms of interviewing because I used to be the one that was always speaking to people. Now I get a chance to interview and ask those tough questions that I yes. never asked. So like now this, yeah. this is a tough question that I want to ask. And you sort of hinted at it, so I will just go right into it. Can a couple who has been through a crisis of betrayal such as infidelity, heal, survive, and ultimately thrive? That's a good question. Of course, I mean, this is something that has become a subspecialty of mine, uh, mm-hmm. healing from infidelity, and tell people all over the, all over the world with this now, because I, thanks to the computer. So whether they're in person here or over the world, and I, I'm not trying to say that infidelity is, is a... Um, should be taken lightly. I look at infidelity as a serious matter. I look at it as an interpersonal crime in a sense. Can't go to jail for it, but uh, it steals from the person who's betrayed the opportunity to know the truth and make decisions based on the truth. So it's not good. It's very hurtful. However, having said that, Uh yes, I have seen couples who look at the infidelity and it's very painful to the person who's betrayed, and it can be also painful to the person who cheated. But they start to recognize that this infidelity, this crisis, has become a wake-up call to see what was not being discussed, what was being hidden, even feelings and thoughts from the other person that maybe needs to bring it in to the partner. Because this person that cheated, definitely there's a part of them that, that, that cheated for a reason. What mm-hmm. is that reason? Let's talk about it. Let's not hide it so that the only part I show to you is the wonderful, loving part, but I have to hide the part of me that would love to have sex with another person, which most people do, but it doesn't mean you act on it. But if you can mm-hmm. bring it into the relationship and you can talk about that, talk about your anger, talk about mm-hmm. the part of you mm-hmm. that may be hard to talk about, the chance infidelity, again, go way down. It also prevents infidelity, but more... In terms of healing, they start to realize they're creating a better and more connected relationship. And so that even though infidelity was hurtful, it becomes a catalyst for a way better relationship in the future. Okay. I, I really appreciate your sharing that because uh, this is a big topic today, um, not just, you know, with couples, but even those who are, are committed in committed relationships, so to speak. And they've shared that with me, so I wanted to get your take on that. Mm-hmm. What are some of the ways, in the just the two minutes we have left before we go on break, give me one particular way you think couples can awaken their sleeping marriages. One step, and then we'll oh. come back after break, and we'll talk about more. Sure, sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Yeah, we, well, mar- we, our marriages do get into ruts. Uh, mm-hmm. Literally, uh, it happens so easily, especially when we have parents that got into their ruts. You uh, ask yourself... How can I demonstrate more courage with my partner? 
and more love to my partner? How can I be more romantic with my partner? I need to make it my job. My job isn't just to bring home a paycheck. My job is to upregulate my wife. In other words, to uplift her spirit somehow. I have to think about it. So I tell all the people, especially the men that I talk to, get your phone out, put in 7 o'clock this evening on your alert, be romantic. Now, romantic could be as simple as, boy, you look beautiful today. You know, and just not to think about, it's my job to uplift my partner. That's wonderful. Well, we're going to take a quick short break and we're going to come back and we're going to get to another question that I know a number of my single listeners want you to answer. So stay tuned. We're going to be back with Todd Krieger, the marriage therapist. I love it. The coach. And he's giving some very good words of wisdom today. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. How are you doing in your life? Do you control your life, or does it control you? In our hectic, overconnected world, do you spend too much time feeling tired and wired? Tune in to Master Your Life with hosts Leah Mattinson and Dr. Howard Rankin for inspiration, insight, and intelligence on how to gain control of yourself and your life. Along with some inspirational and knowledgeable guests, Leah and Howard will give you the tools needed to help you on your journey. Tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, thank you and welcome back as I am in my discussion with Todd Krieger and we are sharing some great information from the relationship expert, therapist, speaker, author, and coach. And again, Todd, I'm so happy to have you on the show And before we went on break, we talked about awakening sleeping marriages. And one of the things that Todd shared was to demonstrate more love and courage, love, courage, and being romantic. So the charge to you men was to put in your phones an alert at 7 p.m., call that wife or call that significant other and say, Oh, you're so beautiful today, and I love you. Something like that, huh, Todd? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you're home, unless you're traveling. But, yeah, yeah. if you yeah. are awake, yeah, call, even even Skype. And, you know, just, I mean, there's so many little things we could do. I, I really think the issue is we don't think about it. We didn't see it. We right. don't see it. Right. We don't, you know, right. everything's created twice. we got to first think about it in our minds, and then we got to do it and execute. And it doesn't take much to, for your partner to go, wow, you're thinking about me. And it can yeah. go, of course, both ways. Yeah. And and women, we can do it, too. I put a little note in his pocket or a little note in his briefcase, sorry, you know, somewhere, a little note. I love you so much. I used to do those. I used to put little notes in his in his lunch basket or his lunch, you know, lunch box, something like that. So anyway, 
Uh, um, you're good. You were good. <laughs> now to the single listeners, male and female. I want to get to a question that I know a number of them are asking because what are the some of the how-tos for single individuals to find their soulmates? But first, Todd, I want you to give me what your definition is of a soulmate. Right, right. I think a soulmate is someone who, um, you know, it's sort of like what we've been talking about this whole show, Mm -hmm. is someone who creates the space for you to be more of who you are, and then you do that back to that person. So you both can discover yourself. Self-discovery goes on forever. I don't like to think of it as, oh, there's only one person for me. I don't believe that. I believe that we we find a person who allows us and we allow them to just become the best they could be as much as they could be and we create a safety uh, environment between each other so that we can be adventurous with each other mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as well as separate so to me that's my best definition of a soulmate do you believe that men recognize their soulmates before we do as women I don't know that's a good question <laughs> I, 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 I could tell you that my own wife we, we found out later that both of us came home when we met each other that one night, which I know we don't have the time to get into that whole funny story, but maybe another time. But I came home and I said to my roommate, I, I, this is weird. I met a woman. She's not the person I had in my own vision, but she might. Wow. Maybe my wife, it took two. Maybe me one, her two. So, yeah, I guess so. I guess men are quicker. No, I don't know. But uh, she was pretty quick, too. And uh, it just felt, I, I think we both felt very, um, very connected to each other mm-hmm. really quickly. Yeah. I, I asked that question because I went on a little research and I've asked a lot of men that question in different countries. Everywhere I go, I find couples, I'll ask man, if you don't mind me, sir, do you mind answering my question? Did you know she was your mate? And most, most of the time I've heard, yes, I knew, but she didn't know. And the wife would wow. say, well, I found out later. I did. I, I've just been so curious about that question. Well, um, I did beat my wife by a day, so. <laughs> by a and so my husband saw me walk across. My, my late husband, who just recently died about two, two and a half, well, almost three years ago today, he saw me walk across the room and he knew I was his wife. And he told me later, you were my, you're going to be my wife. Wow. So interesting. Wow. So anyway, our question is, how do... The, what are some of the how-tos for single individuals to find their soulmates? Or do they, well, that's just an open-ended question. So maybe you can give us some answers. Sure, I'll start with an open-ended question because I think the main thing is that I do believe, and my guess is you do too, in the law of attraction. That I think that we will pull into our lives people based on how we're, I guess for lack of a better word, vibrating. So mm-hmm. if I'm going around feeling undeserving of love, I'm going to find someone who's not going to love me very much. So the first step in finding my soulmate is to make a decision that I'm okay, that I'm lovable, that I'm worthy, that I'm free to be myself. And if I have trouble doing that, then I need a coach or a therapist to help me be that person. Because the first way to attract a soulmate is to be my best self. I will only attract, if, if I want to attract the best person out there, I need to be my best self and let go of some of the negative beliefs that hold me back from thinking I'm wonderful, deserving, lovely, 
uh, lovable, all those wonderful mm-hmm. words, and act that way. How would I act if I was lovable? What would I say? Uh, there's something I call, I call it, it's an acronym called the WAFIT, which stands for words, actions, feelings, images, and thoughts. And how do I talk to myself and others all day long? How do I act? How do I feel? How would I feel if I knew I was worthy? How would I feel if I knew I was open to and deserving of my, a soulmate that would enhance my life? What's, what, what do I imagine and picture in my mind? Uh-huh. And, so, and my thought, too, you know, what thoughts do I focus on? Not to, you know, so I have a negative thought. That's okay. We have lots of thoughts. But you go, oh, I don't want that thought. That thought is a critical one. I'm, I'm letting that go. I'm focusing on all the wonderful things that I have to offer someone. And you, you, you lift your a vibration up so that you go into a grocery store radiant because you're thinking all these wonderful things about you. You're acting that way. You're feeling that way. And we could do this. We, uh-huh. it's, this, is, this is something we could do with or without assistance. Now, would this, does this apply for men too? For the males? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I, I want to make sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Us men, we, we also, and we, we need to recognize that we're creative beings, that we could create uh, this waffet, this pattern of words, actions, feelings, images, and thoughts mm-hmm. that really help us vibrate and people will notice us. So uh-huh. that, that's the inner work. And obviously then there are action steps. So the, in, the inner work is very, very important. The action steps is, don't play it safe. Get on uh-huh. whatever uh, internet dating sites because that's the major way people meet people these days, honestly. But also, you could find activities that you would like where people of the, your preferred gender are there. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and so, uh, you know, you could go to places. You can ask your friends and say, hey, you're my sales force. You're my sales force. Keep, it, keep me in mind. And you got to re- remind them because they'll forget because people don't think about it. So I would say the main things after the internal work is get on those internal dating websites and put yourself out there. Ask for your sales force, which is your friends, uh-huh. and uh, go to do activities. Get out there. Don't be in your. Don't think it's going to happen if you're just meditating, but you're in your bedroom all day. You know, you got to meet this great energy with action, follow through. Okay, I think about. Those are good principles uh, for people to be your best selves and get rid of those negative beliefs. Act lovable. Oh, my God. That is a big one. (laughs) And and then uh, how do you feel that you know you're worthy? What are those feelings that that are invoked when you feel you're worthy? And then those positive thoughts that you focus on. I used to say something like this. I used to say, ladies, fake it till you feel it. That's exactly it. Sometimes you've got to do that. I, you know, I mean, because it, you have to sometimes force yourself to be loving and lovable, though you may not feel it. You know, we yes. let our feelings sometimes, I think, you know, dictate our behavior. So you yes. act in spite yes. of the feeling. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you're opening up versus closing down. And that's when it happens. When you open up, that's when good things happen to you. Well, I want to thank you. That. I mean, I'm sure some of you single men and ladies have gotten something out of that, uh, how to ignite your love life, because it is fascinating. I think there's a lot of uh, work, a lot of books out there, which I'm going to share, uh, Todd's books. He has uh, The Long Hot Marriage, and he has Love, Sex, and Karaoke, 52 Ways to Ignite Your Love Life, and they're all on Amazon and Barnes & Nobles. 
And I want you to, if you're really interested to get those books, I can't wait to read The Long Hot Marriage. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. actually, I think I want Love, Sex, and Karaoke, 52 Ways to <laughs> But tell me, uh, Todd, what are the, as we wrap up today, what are some of the key principles from uh, this book, the latest one, Love, Sex, and Karaoke, 52 Ways to Ignite Your Love Alive? What do you want to leave with the listeners? Well, mm-hmm. well there's 52 of them. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's one every weekend for a whole year. But mm-hmm. it, it, there's a whole variety, in that book, there's a whole variety of things that people could do from being, you know, I, I have one weekend where you, you are just to focus on all the things you appreciate your partner. Mm-hmm. And there might be another time when you, you really access your sexual self. Mm-hmm. And so all these tips are time, it's about focus. It's about paying attention. We don't, you know, instead of paying attention to what we always pay attention to, same old, same old, it's uh-huh. like pay attention to this, pay attention to that. Pay attention to what is it that you need to forgive your partner for this weekend and really focus on that and let uh-huh. it go or talk about it with the intent to let it go. So uh-huh. every weekend has something else. Oh, so that's two wonderful. of them, which I, I don't have the book in front of me. I can't, I don't remember all 52, but they're no, all good. No, that's, that's and, right. It's a very interactive book. It's really a book where it's uh, the long hot marriage is is my baby and has a lot of good stuff to read and there's mm-hmm. exercises in that book as well. This book is all exercises with some additional talking about it and then you have a chance to journal in that book and you can do it whether you do it on paperback or Kindle or whatever. I think that's wonderful, so. uh, and I'm, I'm really glad to have you share that, because I think today we need love. We need love. I would have liked to have had you on in February, probably have you back in February to sure. talk about, uh, because I know that you're going to be doing uh, a retreat. I don't call them retreats. I call them advances, because we're advancing, not going backwards. <laughs> I so, know. That's good. You're going to have a couple's advance uh, sometime next year. So March first to third. Yes. So it's going to be March first to third. Oh, great, great. Yes. So for those of you out there, I certainly would advise you to take advantage of that couple's. I would say advance uh-huh. because you're not going backwards. You're going to be advancing. And Todd, I just really, you know, want you to share a little bit more before we close today. And I have just some points again about making the world safe for love. Uh, You have said that. And just share a little bit. Uh, There's so much going on in the world today. So what would you say to the listeners how we all can join together to make the world safe for love? You know, the first thing I want to say is we are powerful, powerful individuals. Mm -hmm. We are able to uh, forecast negativity and fear and competition and at the same time we could put out there love and cooperation i'm I'm all for competition when it comes to sports but i'm talking about recognizing that that we live in an abundant world and that Mm -hmm. we can give and receive and that don't wait to say okay when i get i'll give realize that it's an energetic universe and it's in your best interest to, to give. I, the, one of the most selfish, remember the way I define selfish, one of the most selfish things I could do is to be loving. Because when I'm loving to my wife, to other people, to the cashier at Ralph's, whatever it is at the supermarket, that it comes back to me. It, it comes yes. back to me in ways that I might not even be aware of it comes back. And maybe sometimes I am. So recognize that you are powerful person and you're going to make this world 
stay full of uh, by by recognizing your own power. And if you're struggling and if you're having anger or stress or fear, that's that's understandable. We all have it. Find someone to uh, find people to help you with that and process it. But you don't want to live on that vibration. You can notice it and talk about it and heal from it. But ultimately, you are about love, even if you were neglected, even if you were abused. And I do that. I work with people that have been abused and neglected. And there's a whole lot of stuff on my website, you know, the ToddKrieger.com, T-O-D-D-C-R-E-A-G-E-R.com, that talks about everything from infidelity to the books that you talked about to helping people heal from trauma. But the central thing is we can break free and break through to be loving people that are a force, a positive force in this world. Well, I just want to thank you again. This has been such a joy uh, to have you on the show. And so those of you out there, remember, you can download this show later for your listening pleasure. I just want to say this as I leave you with this word. Touch somebody's life with your love. Touch somebody's life with your joy. Touch somebody's life with your peace. For this is the only way that we can show God's love. So, give your all until next week. This is Dr. Barbara Young. I want you to just have a great week. And again, remember, it's love that makes the world go round. This is Dr. Young, and I'll listen. stay tuned to me next Tuesday. God bless you, and have a great week. And Todd, thank you again for being on the Transformation for Success show well. today. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Women's Channel. Have an outstanding week.